What is up, Conscious Monkeys? Welcome to another episode of Traveling to Consciousness. I am your host, Clayton Q. Terry. On today's show, we have the founder of Lionheart Liberation. She is a certified Akashic Records reader, and she knew about her powers from a young age, closed them off, and has learned to reopen and reconnect with them in the last couple of years. I'm excited to hear about her story and her journey with the whole mystic and spirituality. So Conscious Monkeys, welcome to the show, Danny West. Danny, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat. Yeah, this will be exciting. Um, I believe this is our going to be our first time on the podcast discussing the Akashic Records. I've alluded here and there to like my interpretation with the Akashics and you know my somewhat understanding of them. Uh, so maybe as a spot to start off is, what does Akashic Records mean to you? So, you know, when I think of the Akashic Records, um, I think of kind of like a library. And that might be because I'm a reader. Uh, I always have been like, I love books. And, um, and it's just sort of like this conscious ethereal library where you can go. It's really a compendium of past, present, and future. So every thought, action, everything that we've done um, is recorded here. And you can go to find that and to see where there's wounding and where there's healing and, you know, what your purpose is. And yeah, it's just this really wonderful place. And it's a very high vibrational plane. And I love being in there. And I love doing this. It's been really, really wonderful. Do you think that there's um, some correlation between like, the idea of it being a library and the fact that that's like our only, that's like our interpretation of knowledge as just like this human experience. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's probably exactly why my brain goes there, right? Like it is like, if you think of like looking up information, I mean, I guess I could say it's like a cloud, (laughs) (laughs) but but, um, I'm still one of those elder millennials. So I did go to the library (laughs) to get my (laughs) information. So yeah, that it, and that is, that's, that is, that's where you get knowledge. Um, It's, it's wonderful. I love it. And it's very safe too, which I feel like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, what makes it, when you say it's, it's safe, what do you mean by that? Well, I just mean like, you know, growing up, like going to the library, if we're kind of continuing on with that stream of thought, um, that was like a safe place. It's quiet. It's like the librarians, you know, know everything, right? The ascended masters and the teachers. I also do all of my work through the Akashic Records. So even if I'm doing a mediumship reading, um, I'm going to be in the in the records to do that. I don't just go into the spirit realm. I'm going to go into the Akashic Records because that's where I feel safe. And I know that my own ascended masters, teachers, and ancestors are going to be there to have my back. So there's, I guess with that being said, there's other places that you can go to get readings like other than the Akashic Records? Yeah. To be honest, there are many different realms. So there's spirit realm where you can go to access people that have passed away. There's the angelic realm where you can go to speak to your guardian angels or 
spirit guides or whatever you want to call them. There's the galactic realm where um, a lot of channelers uh, access the Galactic Federation of Light or aliens or Arcturians, right? Um, And there's the Akashic realm, of course. That's my chosen favorite sort of realm. And so, yeah, there are plenty of realms and different ethereal planes that you can access. Okay. And before we dive too much down into the realms and everything, I love focusing on people's journeys and kind of how they got to where they are with this knowledge, because I know my journey has been crazy in its own rights. And every time I talk to people about this, it's always crazy. Um, I alluded to it in the intro and I kind of saw it in your bio on your website. You talk about how there were, I guess, there was mystical powers that you were aware of and maybe you used as a child, but then maybe something happened where you were like, nope, we're done with this. We're going to close this off and not like connect with it. Are you able to kind of walk through, maybe we could start with like one of your first experiences with these mystic, let's say beings or spirits. Yeah. So, um, as a child, I was definitely, um, open and I think that a lot of children that experience trauma do experience these sort of gifts. Um, but yeah, I was like definitely sensing spirits and um, didn't really know what to do with it. And I also didn't have a lot of validation, right? If I went to an adult around me to talk about it, um, it was like, oh, you have a very active imagination, right? Or it's all in your head. So um, it scared me. I didn't have anybody to teach me. I didn't have anybody to validate me. And so I somehow through fear, which fear can very much do this, uh, I blocked it out. I stopped that channel. Uh, I closed that 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 channel. And um, for many years, just very human. <laughs> right. And so what would have been one of these experiences that you had with, let's say, spirits or an essence? Like, was there something like that you very first remember occurring and you were like, oh, shit, like I need to talk to a parent about this? Yeah, so um, my mom had bought a house when I was in, I think it was like fifth grade. So I was like 11, 10 or 11. And um, I remember there was definitely a spirit there. Um, Somebody would be playing with my cat. I would be hearing uh, footsteps. Uh, radios would go off, the TV would turn on, lights, like, and then also just that sense I sensed, you know, I just was very aware that I was not alone in that house. And um, just weird things, things moving, pictures falling, you know, very just paranormal, like basic paranormal stuff. Um, And my mom would like get pissed at me. She would be like, it's enough with this, you know, (laughs) like there's not. And there was this really odd instance where one of the windows broke and my mom was home and like, she was like, what happened? Like she came into my room and she was like, what happened? And I was like, oh, I, I was going to ask you the same thing. Cause like, I'm chilling. (laughs) And like the cops came and like the window had broken in a way where it had to have broken from the inside, not the outside. And, like, nobody was in my mother's bedroom at the time. And the cops had kind of told my mom, like, well, we used to come to this residence a lot. And she said, well, how come? And they were like, well, there was the guy that lived here prior to you who's now deceased. 
um, had a lot of mental problems and um, he committed suicide in the house. Trigger warning. And my mom was like, oh, like that's why it was on the market and that's why I got it for such a deal, right? And I was just like, that's who is in this house. Like I just <laughs> knew it was it was the validation I needed. Um so yeah, like that. <laughs> and so did you like with all these things going on, right? So I'm picturing you and your mom in this house and you know things are falling, you know pictures are falling off the frame, TV's getting flicked on and off. Um you know that a window gets broken. How did your mom validate that in her mind as to how to explain it? Like how was she explaining these things occurring? Honestly, I don't think that she was like for my mom, it's very much like push through and like what it is. It is what it is. Like what a mystery, um, things falling down, uh, you know, pictures being on the floor. It was usually my fault. I like did something to, (laughs) make that happen and you know if i told her otherwise i was just, we didn't have that kind of relationship <laughs> she was it was like too bad it was you like, really? okay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my gosh so there was like a level of like mistrust maybe there yeah my mom and i didn't have a great relationship when i was growing up she was also like very busy very stressed out single mother so like we have a different relationship now and that happened through great healing i think on both of our parts um but yeah she wasn't really there a lot so a lot of the stuff that happened it was just me and i was just oh. a stupid kid oh well and so then i guess you were the one experiencing most of these things like seeing the tv or feeling this energy so so then whenever the police like said, oh, this guy, you know, committed suicide in the house and, you know, you had this like light bulb moment, you were like, aha, like I figured it out, you know, did you try communicating with him? Um, yes and no. Like there were times when I felt brave. Um, and then there was an instance where he showed me how he committed suicide and I did not like that. I was like, okay, that is not cool. And I th- I feel like in hindsight, he definitely like made it clear that he wasn't there to like harm me in any way. Um, and I think that if I were to like go back to that house now, I could probably help him. And I think that's probably all that he was looking for. But as a 10-year-old, like very wounded child myself, like I wasn't in a place to help him. <laughs> um, and so, so it- eventually – yeah. So I, I got a a very emotional surge whenever you said he showed me how he committed suicide. Um, suicide actually in the would have been the last episode or two episodes before yours. We actually talked with a girl who committed suicide. So you know, for anybody listening, we're about we might be about to go into it again. Um, you know, again, I felt a huge surge when you discuss when you said he showed you how. Are you open or able to kind of dig into that a little bit deeper? Um, Yeah. So at that time, it was a visual. So he showed me visually um, an image of him hanging in my bedroom, which I was like, no. And that's not actually where he committed suicide. 
but he showed it to me, you know, and was where this when I was, you were sleeping? was in my bedroom. Were you sleeping when this happened? No, no, I was awake. Um, but like the room was dark. I was like on my computer, like there wasn't a lot of light. And so I just sort of saw it in my peripheral and like looked over and was like, no, 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 no. Like, absolutely not. I probably slept with the light on <laughs> that night. Um, now, if I'm accessing the spirit realm and I'm doing um, readings and somebody wants to show me or let me know how they passed, uh, it's more of a feeling. So I'll feel like a pressure in my head and then someone will say, oh, it was a brain aneurysm or they got shot or something and something, or I'll feel it in my neck. Um, I'm not open to seeing it. I don't want to see it. Um, actually, as a kid, the scariest movie I had ever seen was The Sixth Sense. <laughs> So if you remember that movie, that was like, that was my nightmare. Like, I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) That's certainly fascinating because I know that I have talked to people who have talked about how you're able to see, like, it is possible for people to see people who have passed on. Um, I remember them describing it as something you're not really able to turn off. But even just in that description, you, you talking about how, you know, there's channels that you can open and close, let's say. Uh, I guess it sounds like to you, was it something that you kind of discovered on your own or did you like talk with your spirit guides with regards to, okay, if I need to talk with someone about why they passed, why they killed themselves, how they died, was that like a conversation that you had with, let's say, spirit guides as to, okay, like I wanted to appear as an emotion in my body that I can then dive into? Um, you know, I feel like it was in my early to mid 20s that I was like, okay, I wonder, (laughs) I wonder what that was when I was a kid, right? So I started to sort of open my channel again. And it did start with speaking to my spirit guides, like they were pretty easy for me to access um, and communicate with. Uh, And I know now that it's because I've worked with them in the angelic realm. So um that's, that's why. And they, you know, I just asked them like, can you have my back? If, if I really can like talk to spirits, like, can you just like have my back and make sure that I'm like safe? And they were like, absolutely. Just remember, I think like the biggest thing to remember for anybody that is experiencing these types of things is that you have the power and that you have the control. And so, you know, However, I set that boundary probably way back when I was a kid of like, I do not want to visually see that. There's other things that I can visually see. You can show me photos. You can show me what you look like, but you cannot show me <laughs> yourself hanging, please. <laughs> like, um, and, and I just sort of slowly started to reopen that channel and it did happen fairly easily. So then maybe we should, I guess, shift back to whenever you closed it. Was it this instant with this guy or in this house where you were just like, like, did you say something out loud? Did you feel something where you were like, I no longer want to see this or feel this and it got closed? Do as I say, not as I do. Are we that generation or are we doing and working on ourselves just as much as we work on the technology that we crave, artificial intelligence, and the concerns 
I would say were pretty valid. But the interesting thing about that is, is it valid because that's how we see ourselves? Are we are we looking at them, but then really seeing us? Yeah, you know, I think it was fear. And while I still had that sense, so like the sense never left me, um, I did never have like direct contact again. And that is fear. And so like a lot of people that actually do want to open their channel um, or even come to the records, they'll say like, I want a reading, but I'm scared. And it's like, I understand. And also, you know, anything that you want to do in life whether you want to start your own business or communicate with dead people, like if you're afraid, you might not like get there because that is a huge block. And so I blocked myself um, as much as I could. And that that fear was that block. Okay. And so then how did you reapproach that fear like later in life and like how, how did it kind of call you back to it and say, Hey, like here's something you're afraid of. Let's, uh, we need to do this to get to the next point in life. So I didn't think too much about my fear when I started to reopen my channel. It was more just like, oh, I wonder what that was or if it was real kind of thing. Because again, like I said, I didn't have any validation when I was a child. And um, I was living in Los Angeles with my ex-wife and we had a doggy daycare slash hotel that we owned. It was really cool. And there were all these dogs all the time and it was really fun. But I like also had a lot of downtime and I was like just hanging out with dogs. So I was like, I had a lot of time in my head. And um, I was definitely also very much picking up on like energy and different communication with these animals too. So that also, because it was fun and I liked it and I liked communicating with the animals and that was a very safe thing. um, I think that helped to open my channel. Well, um, you know, I was talking to my spirit guides, like I had said, and said like, you know, I would like to explore it. So if you want to like slowly help me out here, (laughs) you know, and I would start to do exercises to open my third eye and um, just sort of take beats. I guess you would call it meditation, but I don't think it was consciously meditation at that time. Um, And we had a dog who was a regular with us and their his mom and dad who were they were a couple and they were to be married they were engaged they went to austin for a family wedding and while there they got into a really bad car accident and it was um our client and her fiance and then her mom and dad in the car her and her mom passed away and her fiance was okay and her father was like in critical condition well she came to the doggy hotel pretty straight away to see her dog and she would not leave me. And it was essentially, she realized that I knew she was there and was like, Hey, I need your help. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I, I'm not afraid of you, but like, also like, I can't, I don't know how to help you. I don't know what I'm doing. This feels serious. And so for days she just followed me around and we were like, obviously in contact with her fiance saying like don't worry about the dog like obviously he is fine here as long as need be 
Um, and I told my ex-wife at the time, I, I told her, I said, like, you know, the dog's mom is like here. And she was like, well, what does that mean? And I was like, I don't know what it means. <laughs> but like, she's telling me to help her and I don't know what to do. And she said that the spirit, she said, she kept saying butterflies, just tell him about the butterflies and he'll know it's me. Just tell him about the butterflies. He'll know it's me. I just need him to know that I'm okay. And this is the, and this is of, the husband. The, yeah. Her fiance. She wanted me to, to relay okay. this message. And I'm like, lady, how freaky is that going to be? Like, I don't know this guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, I, yeah. this is like my business. This is my livelihood. And so he, I, I told her, I said, okay, listen, you know what? If I'm the one that is here when he comes to pick up the dog and I'm the one to hand him off, I will tell him. Knowing that that was very unlikely because... I wasn't usually the one, like uh, an employee, like somebody else. Well, like that's not quick, generally. I feel like this is going to be a pivotal point. Like what what makes it unlikely that you would be the one handing it off? I just always kind of had like an employee do that. Like that was such an easy like job that like I was always like doing something else that was more important. Does that okay. make sense than like hand like saying goodbye to the dog? Like I was like doing inventory or in the office or running errands like what are the odds that I would be the one right so when he comes I am the only one there and I'm like <laughs> you're kidding me right now oh fuck well frankly I totally can I swear on this <laughs> yeah yeah piss okay off. I totally yeah, uncensored yeah I I totally bitched out like, I did not say anything to him. I was just like, I'm so sorry. You know, we're here for you. Like, whatever you need, blah, blah, blah. He left and she straight up, like, it was so weird. I was walking back down the hall and it was almost like I lost control of my body and I just like flew out to the parking lot, like rant full speed. Like, I was like, oh my God, what? Like, it was not me. And I was like, excuse me, excuse me. So sorry. This is... <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm like shaking. Just thinking about it is like taking me back to that place. I was so scared in this moment to like tell this man that like your fiance has been hanging out here for the last week. And I said, listen, I, I don't know how this is going to come off. I, I don't know. You know, I don't mean to offend you or upset you. But, you know, your fiance, I believe, has been here with the dog and she really wants you to know that she's okay and she's also talking about butterflies a lot and he got really quiet and I said like that's all I have that's all I have to, for you I don't know <laughs> that's it you know and he got quiet and he said you know she was a teacher and I said oh the, okay you know and he said they're building a butterfly garden for her at her school Jeez. and I was like Oh, okay. And he was like, you don't know how much this means to me. Thank you. And I just said, you're welcome. Have a good day. Goodbye. And I walked in. And then she said, I said, okay, I did it. Like, you need to go. You need to leave me be now. And she said, well, you could also please contact my father because he lost me and my mother. And like, we're both here. And I was like, girl, you're crazy. <laughs> so you're pushing the I was like, <laughs> 
I was like, no. Well, I was in the office looking through client paperwork and I just like happened to turn to this page of her dog and like her instructions that she had like written out that we kept kept on file and in her handwriting, it was all typed, beautifully typed in her handwriting. She has Kate's dad's cell with a, with a um, arrow pointing to this phone number. And she, her name was And Kate. I was like, yeah. Yeah. And I said, and I just closed the book and I said, I'm not going to do that. Please understand <laughs> that this man has lost two of the most important people in his life. I am not going to be the stranger that contacts him to let him know that you're okay. Like, find a different medium. Like, and she left. She accepted that and, like, left. But um, oh that was God. kind of like the re reintegration into my gifts where I was like, Okay, I guess that's real. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy. Because I mean, you were you were asking for that, weren't you? I mean, you were asking for that to happen, mm-hmm. right? Hmm. Yeah, and it was also not scary. You know, I did know this person. I interacted with her many times before this. Like, she wasn't scary, and I wasn't necessarily afraid of her. Um, more than afraid of how I was going to be received, which I guess is more of a personal thing. And, and even to this day, I'm not going to go in up to, I'm not Teresa Caputo. Like I'm not going up to somebody in the grocery store and being like, so your uncle passed away. Hmm? Like, I'm not going to do that. And there are spirits, right? They're always kind of around, but. I mean, and I, I guess I'm not really sure who this Teresa Caputo girl is, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's probably something where it's, you know, beneficial, right? Like it was beneficial to her husband that you, you know, went out of your way or I guess it sounds like you were almost forced to go out of your way to even relay this message to him. And I mean, he was grateful for it. Yeah. You know, I think, um, for me, I, I always, I always kind of take it back to like, listen, if they want to hear a message, they will find me. You know, um, and Teresa Caputo is the Long Island medium. She has like a show that she will just go off on her errands and start talking to people about their dead loved ones. <laughs> and so Ooh. that's what I mean. That was that reference. Um, that feels a little but, like you know, ex- Exactly. Like I don't, you know, it, this guy could have been like, F you, don't ever call me again. And it could have completely destroyed him. You know, um, not everybody is open to receiving these types of messages, right? And um, while I very much respect that there are spirits that want to communicate with their loved ones and they might find a medium and be like, hey, I know that you know that I'm here and I want your help. I'm happy to help them in that realm if I can say they're lost or they want to transition or they're having trouble. I'm happy to do that for them, but I'm not going to encroach on somebody's life like that. And 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 that's why, you know, I have the intention of of them finding me. And if the living person wants to find me and the spirit can influence them, <laughs> so go that make them find me. And I think I think there's probably a lot of beauty and kind of trust in that too, because that's something that I was having a conversation with somebody today about where, you know, even my deep dive into all this like spirituality and, and this mystic and the soul realm, it's like, I remember probably 
you know, a couple, a couple podcast episodes in, you know, talking about astrology and stuff. And it's like, you know, I start hitting this point where I was like, oh, I've quote unquote learned it all, you know, and then, and then, you know, I get presented with journey of souls, which is an entire book about the afterlife and how souls progress. And, and it was funny because even like 90% of the way through that book, I had the thoughts myself, like, okay, there's probably not much more to this, like after the fact. And it's like, you know, I caught myself saying that and I'm like, no, you're probably just, just getting ready for the next step. Almost. It's like, there's not, it's kind of like you were saying, like, you know, people might not be ready for certain information. And it's so true because if you, we would have this conversation, if you would have came to me and said all this stuff five years ago to me, I'd been like, listen, girl, you're crazy. Like ghosts aren't real. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I I hope you find help. I know there's a rehab center down the road. (laughs) Like, (laughs) But I think it's really amazing how when you start looking for this stuff and start seeking, it's going to come up and it'll show you what you need to see when you need to see it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. And, you know, when I started doing this work um, and I actually don't offer mediumship readings exclusively right now, like if you find me and you ask, I will do it, but it's not like on my website anymore. Um, But when I started, you know, and my records told me like, you should really offer mediumship readings. And I was like, why? I really want to focus on like healing and like the actual person. And I want to do the Akashic records. They said, you know, you should do mediumship. And sometimes they're going to tell you exactly. And then sometimes they're like, we want you to figure it out, but listen to us because we know. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll do it. And then every time I booked a mediumship session, I was really nervous. And I don't get that way in the records. I get excited. And I went into my records and I said, well, I'm like scared. Like, I don't know these spirits and I don't know these people. And, you know, why do you want me to do this? And why am I doing this? And they said, "Um, you're scared. And I said, yeah, I'm scared. (laughs) And they said, you have trauma from this work that you need to overcome and you will not overcome it unless you do it and see that you are safe. And they, that's when they told me, you know, you can do that work from here if you will feel safe doing it. And I said, so I can be in the records and doing mediumship. And they said, you can do anything here. And wow. so I did. And I got over that fear. And now it's like, I don't have to offer that because it's not what like lights my soul. It's not my purpose. Um, it's part of it. But my purpose is definitely the healing aspect of this work. And so then is the mediumship like talking to people who have passed with people who are still on earth? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's connecting living beings with their past loved ones. And so because I've sort of overcome that trauma and I don't necessarily get nervous anymore before those types of readings, I took them off my website. Like that work for me has done. And again, like I said, they will find me. And if somebody actually needs a mediumship reading, like I am happy to do it. But, um, you know, my work is really centered around the Akashic Records. It's more about, yeah, it's more about like, I guess, the healing of people's current life traumas where you're, would, yes. would it be specializing or it would be more that it vibes with what you want to do? I think both, you know, um, there are traumas from past lives that we bring into this lifetime. And it's part of our purpose to um, reconcile those traumas and, and heal those traumas. And a lot of times the traumas that we go through in this lifetime are repeating 
patterns from a past lifetime, um, things that come up, addictions, you know, patterns, et cetera, right? Like they're going to probably be <laughs> crossovers from a past life that are asking to be dealt with, lessons that are waiting to be completed. And that's what I love about the Akashic Records is that there is such deep healing there and people want to heal. I, I was in this space where like I wanted to heal. I was desperate, but I had no clue what I needed to heal. Like I just knew I was quote unquote broken. And I, I was like, this can't just be it. Like I can't just be broken. Like I, there has to be something <laughs> to do here. There has to be a, like a bridge somewhere. Um, and, and so yeah, I started kind of tearing up in the middle of that because there was there's a I, I guess it was it was more prominent a cut like a year ago, um, but about five or six months ago was my first like let's say interaction with the Akashic Records, and I started tearing up because it was a memory from my past life that was carrying over into this one, and to me, and so before I'm open to tell you the story, I I want to. But for me, it's like there's a level of like, wait, did I just make that story up to validate or to, you know, to validate, let's say, an addiction that I'm having in this current life or in this 3D reality? Um, or was that something that actually happened on planet Earth and, you know, physically was it carried out in the past? And, you know, did that actually happen? And so where I'm kind of going with this question, we can come back to that story, but where I'm going with this question, is there the ability that like, I would be able to present you with, let's say that trauma or that addiction that I have, you go into the records and you are able to visualize and see the same exact event that I personally experienced whenever I went into deep meditation. So is that like, I guess, is there a way that like, is do you get where I'm going with the question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. And and yeah, there is definitely um I yeah, absolutely. The answer is yes. I will also say this, um, because I know the records very intimately now, and so I know how they kind of work. And I wouldn't be surprised if I wouldn't be surprised if they showed me exactly what they showed you or something extremely similar. Um but I also wouldn't be surprised if you came to the records and you asked that question, well, what if I just made this up in my mind to validate that addiction that I'm that I have that I'm in in right now? They would very likely say, does that matter? Do you feel validated or not? Well, that's a great point, because since experiencing that, um, so it related around porn. And so since experiencing that, I have had you know, I'm not perfect. I've kind of gone back to it here and there, but the level at which that I was experiencing this subgenre of porn was like, you know, it was night and day. Like after this occurred, I like, you know, in this 3D physical world, I've, you know, maybe be looked at it once or twice where has before that it was, you know, far more. Yeah. Yeah. And see, so whatever that vision was, whether it was a vision of a past life or a vision that you needed, A, it was absolutely divinely granted to you. And B, it helped you to start your recovery and to start your healing. And that is what the records care about. I guess it, and I yeah. always tell people, I always tell people in readings, you know, 
there you might have had 11 live lifetimes, right? You might have had three. Like this could be your first. Regardless, the records are only going to touch on past lives or show me past lives that are relevant to your incarnation now, right? Like I do past life readings. Like, so if you just want to kind of explore your past lives, they're happy to do that. But it's going to be centered around (laughs) what you need to work on, even if it's, you know, oh, I it's a soulmate. Like you have a soulmate, you have this many soulmate connections, right? Even if it's a good thing, they're going to center around what your purpose is and sort of what you're doing in this incarnation. And that kind of ties into like, I guess, a lot of things that I've been, even this discussion earlier with regards to, you know, you'll see what you need to see when you need to see it. And, you know, there's a reason that you need to see it kind of thing. And where was I going with that? Something along the lines of (laughs) something along the lines of like, Oh, like you were saying, like that was something in the journey of souls book is where like, it would almost be blocking the, even the medium, if he wasn't ready to like learn the knowledge or to remember that knowledge. And so I, I guess I find it really fascinating how there's this like almost dance at play between you know, what you're allowed to see and like what is actually available for you to see. And then on top of that, it seems like, you know, when you get this incarnation, there's a level of, um, there's a level of like what lessons, like we decide what lessons we need to learn when we come into this life. And so it's almost like, okay, well, you know, we're going to just show you those lessons. You know what I mean? Like we're only going to show you these Akashic visions that pertain to these lessons that you said, Hey, I want to learn from these. Yeah. You know, it also reminds me of plant medicine. I know that we've kind of talked about that before we started recording. Um, say ayahuasca, for example, um, She's not going to show you what you're not ready for. Yeah. And I've heard stories. So it's all. Yeah. I've heard stories of where people are like told, like, you know, if they come there for the wrong reasons, like I've heard who told me this, I forget who told me, it may have been on the podcast, but I remember hearing stories about like, if you're kind of going there just to have fun and just to trip out, you know, when you take it, it'll be like, no, you need to leave. Like you're not here for the right reason. This isn't for you. Like it'll literally push you out the door. Yeah, that happened uh, to somebody that was um, – I've, I've done it. Um, I guess we can sort of transition into that yeah, story sure. now, but that's sort of how I came to the Akashic Records and started my own healing journey. And I can tell you that even though I've had gifts um, since I was a child, I would not be able to do the work that I'm doing now had I not gone on my own very intense – dark night of the soul, journey, shadow work, Saturn return, (laughs) whatever you want to call it. Um, I, at 27, found myself divorced, living with my parents, had nothing. My business, I I had no, I had nothing. I literally had nothing to my name except for a lot of debt and feeling like I was literally broken and desperate. I was absolutely desperate for something and I didn't even know what it was, but, um, ayahuasca had definitely been calling me. And so I booked a trip to Peru 
and um, to this retreat and, you know, got to the Amazon and like everybody was like, oh, she's really lost it. She has lost it. And I was like, I'm out. I'm going to the jungle. <laughs> like I had never done hallucinogenic in my life. Like I'm not, I'm just not like that. I have to be in control. I have a lot of Virgo in my chart. And so <laughs> I was just like, I'm going, I'm going to heal. I'm going to go do this. It's like my Hail Mary. If this doesn't work, like I have no, I don't know what I'm going to do. And everybody was like, you're just going to the Amazon jungle. Do you hear yourself <laughs> to ingest a what? I was like, um, it's a plant, actually. <laughs> and they're just like, and actually, the only person that really understood was my mom. Like, I was like, really? I'm desperate and I don't know what to do. And she was like, I trust you. And I was like, okay, thank you. You know, like, I didn't realize that, like, I, I needed some sort of approval, but where nobody was giving it to me, my mom was like, go, I trust you. Um, and so I went and I remember being there and I was just terrified, Clayton. Like, I was terrified. I was terrified of seeing demons. I was terrified. I was raised Catholic. And so I felt this like religious trauma coming back into my body of like, oh my God, I'm going to be taken. I'm going to get possessed. Like, I'm like, who knows what I'm going to see? I don't want to see who I am. I don't want to see my own disgusting habits. I, my my soul, it must be black. Like I, I'm terrified. And um, all I knew was how broken I was and how ugly that could look. And I asked my spirit guides, you know, be, uh, you know, beings at play. Like I was like, I need a, I need like a, a sign that I'm going to be okay. Uh, and I was born in Metro Detroit. So Southeast Michigan, I was born and raised there. And the shaman came out to introduce himself and he was wearing a Detroit Tigers baseball hat and a Detroit Tigers <laughs> t-shirt. And I just started laughing and I was like, okay, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Like I, that was like, I just knew. And I even asked cause he didn't even speak English. And I was just like, what is he wearing? And they were like, oh, people bring him gifts all the time. And that was like this, somebody brought him and I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to do this. And the first night that I had ceremony, um, nothing happened. I was so scared that I just went back to my little spot and I curled up in a ball and I went to sleep. And I woke up in the morning and I had never, I could, I can't even describe to you the level of grief that I was feeling. Like it would be easy to say like depression, but like it was straight up grief. And I remember just kind of like wandering around aimlessly and I found this facilitator and I, and she said, hi, how are you? You know, how are you doing? And I just started bawling. Like I was uncontrollably sobbing, could not stop. Mind you, prior to this, I didn't really cry that much. So this was like weird for me. And I just said it didn't work. Like I'm more broken than I thought. Even the medicine won't help me. Like she doesn't want me here. Like it didn't work. Like I don't know what to do. You know, I need to heal. I need to heal. And she just let me sob. And she then, you know, put her hand on my leg and said, honey, it's working right now. You're purging. And I was like, what? And she was like, this is it. And I was like, but it's morning. And she was like, <laughs> and she said, she explained to me like she 
you were not ready to feel it last night. And she knew that like this medicine takes your lead. And so tonight in ceremony, I'm going to encourage you to relax and let go and allow the medicine to work tonight. And I said, okay, I'll do it. And um, the next ceremony was really powerful. I astral traveled for the first time and got to see myself as a child, got to sort of face my mother and hear her thoughts around some of um, you know, the trauma that was inflicted on me and understand. And I got to speak to my inner child and tell her like, hey, I've got you, you know. Um, and I I did a lot of healing. And the you know, the third ceremony was gnarly, a lot of purging, like the whole the whole Amazon jungle heard me purging. <laughs> gnarly. Um, and I actually, I kind of say like that night, um, I feel like whatever was inside of me that was like wanted me dead um, left me. Like I got that out. Um, and then, and essentially in the end, um, I went home and then realized I wasn't finished with the medicine. And I went back a couple months later with a couple of the people that I met on that retreat. And we stayed at this other shaman's house and did more ceremonies altogether. I've done seven ceremonies. And when I came home, um, I just had, I was clear. I was clear about what I needed to heal. I was clear that like I was an addict. And so I didn't know what that meant. Uh, I didn't really know what process addiction was. Um, you mentioned porn. That's a process addiction. Uh, it's an S program. Um, so I- Can you, can you expand you know, on that, on what a process addiction is? Yeah. So um, most people know addiction to be substance abuse, so alcohol, um, narcotics, et cetera. Um, process addiction is anything not substance abuse related. So gambling, shopping, those are like the kind of easier- ones that we kind of know about, sex and love addiction, codependency, um, et cetera, right? Anything that you are getting hits from that um, are externally or not from, you know, within. And so, um, yeah, I like figured out my own sort of codependency and my own S program that I was like, okay, like I'm using people. <laughs> and um, my healing journey really kind of started there. I got into 12-step. I have done um, two separate 12-step programs that have really helped me just heal. And um, from that, my connection with my spirit guides deepened immensely because I wasn't constantly high. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then I found the Akashic records and I got certified. My spirit guides told me to do this and I did it. And I've had psychics in the past decade tell me like, you know, you could be doing what I'm doing. And I was like, that's crazy, but thanks. Like, <laughs> you're out of your mind. <laughs> like, um, I absolutely cannot. <laughs> um, and like, here I am 
right? Um, and I really think a lot of my clients that I attract are clients that have had to do or have to do similar work that that I've had to do. And I very much intentionally put that out there that I want to invite people that um, need the same healing that I know uh, that I know because I can then help them more. And um, I think this way I've also met like a lot of just like soul contracted people, right? Like I feel like I'm like, ah, we were meant to meet, you know, the, the way that people find me is is funny and and coincidental, right? Nothing is a coincidence, but. Uh, do you find that, like these people that you've had a soul contract with, do you do you explore like past lives? Because to me, I'd be I feel like if I had, well, you know, and here's maybe some limiting belief on my behalf. But if I had like the ability, let's say, which I know sounds like a limiting belief, but <laughs> if I was more accessible, or maybe if I exercise my ability to go into my Akashic records more or be more in tune with my, let's say, soul, I feel like I'd be going back in time like, oh, this was me. Oh, this was me. Like, here's another instance of me existing. Like, do you find yourself like looking at past lives that you shared with people who were a part of like this life? Yeah, totally. Um, it's it's you're right. I I also find it super cool and like I'm <laughs> super into it. Um, so anytime I meet someone new, I'm like, ooh, let me go into the records, <laughs> figure this out, and I'll be like, ooh, like this is what I found out, and you know, this is who where we were. Um, my current partner, um, I was very much guided to going to start dating and find them like I think we were ready to find each other and I was like very like against it like my records are like okay well you know it's time to start dating and I was like oh <laughs> no we're not doing that anymore that's <laughs> that didn't work <laughs> I don't know if you remember but like <laughs> that's probably a no from me um and they were like no no it's time and I was like mm, it's still a no from me um and they they don't stop until you listen. And so uh, um, I finally, you know, started dating again and I met my current partner and um, I went into the records. And I remember I was like about to go to bed and I was in my bed and I was just like, mm, I'm not going to go to sleep unless I go into the records and like find out if if we've had any past lives together. And so I go into the records and I just said like, OK, so what's up with me and, you know, and this person and um they just started pulling out these books like book after book after book and i was like wait what's happening right now right and they were like you've had many lifetimes with this person and i said oh show me please and <laughs> they kind of like gave me this like very quick montage it was like as if they were just like flipping the pages and I said, wait, slow down. I want to see more. And they just so gently, like, I love the record so much. They just so gently were like, you're very tired. Please go to sleep now. This information isn't going anywhere. And so I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, know, I went to bed and um, yeah, we've just... Um, we've just been together. Like there's lessons that we have to overcome in this lifetime that we're very aware of and, you know, doing our best to, to overcome. And there's definitely, um, 
there's definitely a lot of love and you know friendship there as well so i assume but yeah i feel like all i assume your partner all of my relationships yeah i assume your partner's open to like all this kind of stuff too yeah so when we first met um you know when i started dating again i had changed so much like from the person that i was five years ago um you know, I had changed so much. And so, you know, when I started dating, I was very upfront to to people. I was like, look, I'm like a vegan animal rights activist. I'm a witch and I literally do this for a living. And people were like, okay, peace (laughs) out. And I was like, yeah, that's what I thought. You know, and I, I even was talking to my therapist about it. I was like, Bro, I used to be a hot commodity and like nobody wants to fuck with me now. (laughs) And she's like, that's okay. You're being authentic now. Right. right?" And I was like, okay, you're right. And so, you know, my partner, I was like, look, I'm a vegan animal rights activist. And they were like, I'm vegan too. And I was like, oh, well, I'm a witch. And they were like, oh, that's awesome. And I was like, are you looking for a hot witch wife? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm totally looking for a hot witch wife. And I was like, all right, we can go out. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, they, they're they very much, um, you know, working on deepening their own channel and opening that. And I feel like they probably thought that I was going to be like very much in their records all the time. And that's like not how it is. They're always like, can you go into my rec can we do a reading soon and i'm like yeah 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 but like not tonight because i'm tired and <laughs> like yeah 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 but you know um it's like we should probably get you on the schedule kid <laughs> <laughs> like there's like a little bit of like a blocker you're just like not no yeah it's just like we're always together so there's never like a moment where i'm like oh let's do work you know <laughs> like i'm like you're like no let's just enjoy um, this let's just enjoy where we're at exactly yeah. exactly i'm like yeah you're my like playtime i'm off the clock yeah. like, so. <laughs> you don't get access through me <laughs> exactly no and i do i do but they probably just i feel like they thought it was gonna be way more but i'm like no i'm tired let's watch tv <laughs> <laughs> so i gotta ask from a egotistical standpoint did you look at maybe any past lives that we've had together whenever i reached out to you no, I haven't. I, you know, I try, I try to not be, I try not to know too much before. Like sometimes I'm like, I gotta know. Um, you know, I was doing a fair a couple weeks ago and the woman in the booth next to me would not stop being like, you look so familiar. I know you. And I was like, I don't know you. And she's like, no, I I know you from somewhere. And I'm like, well, maybe you saw my Instagram. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, we've never <laughs> met, lady. And um, like, I was very busy. So I was just like, ah, I like, what do you want from me? And um, so finally, I like pulled a past life card. And I was like, there, look, we're soulmates. We've been together in a past life. We should probably link up, honestly, write your number down. <laughs> and like, now we're talking about working together and collaborating in the future. <laughs> Uh, i think there's Um, there's two funny parallels there uh with my life um uh, the first one being you were like oh sometimes i try not to like get to know people too much and that's actually something that i do a lot with my guests who i bring on the show like first time people i'll i'll kind of skim their like profiles and see what they talk about and maybe watch a video or two but then after that i'm just like hey like you know let's let's jump on the mic press record 
And then the other thing was, is about that, that friend, uh, you know, when you see someone, you're like, we know each other. Um, that happened to me in a con at a concert, maybe two years ago. And, you know, it was this girl and, you know, super cool chick, but like, like we both, we both literally, like when we locked eyes, we were like, we know each other somehow. And we sat there for like 10, 15 minutes. Like, how do we know each other? Like we both live in San Diego. Like, you know, we have to have mutual friends. Do you know these people? We exchanged Instagrams, but no friends in common. And then reading journey of souls two years later, um, something like that popped up and I was like, holy shit, like this girl, like it had to have been some soulmate of some sort. And I actually sat on the idea for a couple of days because I, I didn't really know her that well. And I felt yeah. like, I felt like if you just say, Hey, we met in a past life, I figured it out. There's going to be some resistance. Um, I ended up sending her like a screenshot of journey of souls and been like, Hey, I think the answer to how we know each other is in this book. And she was kind of like, okay, like, <laughs> I don't really know what to say to that. And I was like, look, she's like, is it a good book? I was like, oh yeah, it changed my life. And she was like, okay, I just downloaded it. Like, I'll check it out. And I was like, all right, like, let me know. Um, that was like a couple of days ago, but we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> you know, she obviously, like, it's in her. The, the knowledge is in her because she also recognized it. So I wouldn't be surprised if she read it. And she was like, um, so this is really weird, but... <laughs> Uh, you know, I think it's a thing. Um, you know, it is weird. This work is weird. Like these, this, the times are weird. The world is weird, <laughs> right. right? Like I'm, you know, I'm going to continue getting weirder and that's just how it is. And frankly, I'm living my best life. So I really don't care. Well, <laughs> like, <laughs> and you call it weird, but I would argue that it's just being authentic, right? Because even look at your dating situation, it's like, you know, you're, you know, arguably you were like, say, fitting a mold that was being attractive to the majority of people. And that's why you had experienced, you know, you know, majority of people being attracted to you. But now it's like, you're getting so much more specific about what you want, who you are, and you're just okay with just saying, listen, world, here's who I am and I'm just going to show up. And now all these pieces of the puzzle are like kind of just starting to fall into place. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You know, and when I started seeing my partner, I mean, I don't know how much Clayton, you know, about the lesbian dating scene, but um, a little bit. We're quick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know that heard the, the joke second date U-Haul, right? Like that's a thing. That's like a real thing. It's funny because it's true. Um, it's cliche because it's true. I have quite and, a few friends in you know, San Diego who are lesbians and it's like, yeah. Do you think that's, I mean, I didn't want to cut you off, but do you feel like that's like a portion of just being so in tune with who you are that you like know what you want, you know who they are, and then it just kind of sparks fly? No, I think it comes from a place of trauma and wanting to be accepted and loved <laughs> and uh, addiction. Those are powerful. <laughs> I really <too>. do. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and so when I started dating my partner, I just said, you know, dating me is going to look very different than what you're probably used to. And frankly, it's going to look different than what I'm used to. And, you know, I set really hard boundaries and I said, you know, it's going to be this long until we're intimate together and it's going to be this long until, you know, we can do this and go to this step. And how do you feel about that? And they said, that sounds really scary, to be honest. And I said, yeah. And then they said, um, that's going to be a hard boundary and thank you for setting it. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out. And I was like, 
You said what? I'm sorry. I must have broken up. <laughs> Let me repeat that. I said, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I said, what's that? One more time. Um, did you did you just thank me for setting a boundary? Um, and, uh, you know, we've been together for uh, around seven months now. And um, we have this boundary of, like, not moving in together for a year. And, like, even heterosexual couples are like oh wow that looks really good you know and i'm like yeah it's important you know like i want to make informed thoughtful conscious decisions for once in my life because <laughs> that's <laughs> the other that, way i'm done repeating this <laughs> yeah. yeah and i'm done repeating this right like that we've gone through this in how many lifetimes like it's time that we get it right this time <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a really funny way to put it <laughs> i'm like let's just do this differently you know yeah. we're living longer now than we have in past lifetimes let's well, there's a couple hopefully, right there's a couple interesting things there um number one i feel like the generation before us was probably a little bit more on the side of like you know you don't move until marriage usually you probably date for a couple years but now it feels like, and of course, this is just what I've gotten from my parents. Now it seems like, as you were saying, it's so much more quicker. It's so much more like, let's experience the whole thing and make sure it's going to be work out before we, you know, get like get emotionally serious almost. Yeah, it feels like everybody wants forever commitment on the second date, you know, Um and I mean, I was guilty of this too. So it just feels, I think too, you know, our generation with like the internet, like everything is just at our hands and we have everything within a day or two of wanting it. You know, you just put the order in and it's here within 24 hours. And so I think that we've gotten sort of lost and on that, in that. And and now even when it comes to like love and relationships, you know, we're just like, I want it now. And so, you know, I want to be married. Do you want to be married too? Okay, cool. Let's get started. And it's like, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got a lot of other things we got to figure out here. A lot more building blocks. Exactly. And I think, yeah. and I think that's also interesting because it kind of ties into manifestation where, you know, it's like it, it, we have like, you know, there's there's certain goals I feel like, especially for me, where I set out and it's like, well, if I even accomplish this in my lifetime, like pat myself on the back, I'm happy that's good. However, if it hasn't occurred in two weeks, it's like then you start thinking, oh, this isn't working. Something's wrong. Is there something wrong with me? Is there trauma I need to heal? And it's just like we need to like take a second to just like let the universe unfold as it will. So I love, 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 love manifesting. I love talking about it. I actually just did a live this past week on it a couple of days ago um, on Instagram. And one of the things that I talk about is patience. You know, um, we just don't have that. And so it's like, oh, I want, I want $10,000. And if it's not in my account tomorrow, then this is broken. And it's like, you know, you don't go to a coffee shop and put your coffee order in and then be like, well, it's been 30 seconds. So it's obviously not coming. Like you just chill, you let it go. 
and then your name is called and you leave the coffee shop with the thing that you ordered. And so people need to treat manifesting just that way of like, I'm putting my order in, the order is set, that is mine. I The chai tea latte with oat milk is mine, right? Um, I'm waiting for my name to be called and it's any minute, like I'm going to let it go until that happens. Um, and so, you know, also being aware of, you know, I want I want a chai tea latte, but that's not going to put it in my hands. I have to go order the chai tea latte, right? right. Um, and so people will say like, well, I want this, but it's not coming to me. And it's like, okay, but have you put your order in or are you telling the universe that you want to keep wanting, <laughs> right? Um, and also letting it go. You know, you can't be obsessing over it. You can't be wondering because if you're like, when is it going to come? When is it going to come? When is it going to come? The universe is like, when are you going to shut up and let me give it to you? Yeah. It's like, you know, it's, it's um, like it tries to orchestrate the most mystical and profound way for it to come into your life, too. It's like, you know, it's not going to be exactly how you expected it. And there's a there's kind of a beauty to it as well when that happens. Yeah, a divine beauty. And it also allows us to release some of that control, which is honestly, I think, a collective thing that we need to like master, um, you know we have free will which is really incredible but it's also a double edged sword right like that the records will say someone will say like well should i take this job and the records will say do you want this job <laughs> like <laughs> you understand that you don't need to ask us for permission because it is up to you um and we will support you regardless now is this job of your highest good well, it's high stress. It's this, it's that you can expect this. So based on that, what are you going to do? They're not going to tell you turn left because they understand that you can turn right if you want to. Right. And they don't want to take our free will from us. Right. But we also have this thing of control and that we have to control everything and we want everything at our fingertips. And so when it comes to the universe, First of all, time is like not a thing outside of this earth plane. So like let go of like timelines. Like if you tell the the universe like I want this in 6 days, the universe is going to be like that means nothing to me, but I'll I'll get you it, but <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's no tracking number. <laughs> <laughs> there's no track. Uh your analogies are on point or metaphors. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but so then this is actually an interesting thing that I'm trying to kind of figure out is the idea of like milestones or timeline, because I've heard so many people who say like, you know, you have to set a date on certain things occurring. Like, you know, I want X thousand dollars by, you know, within three months or, you know, I want, you know, to be at this part of my life by this point. And I'm kind of in that quasi like, well, it's going to come to me whenever I'm ready for it, as opposed to just you know, so it's like I have all these big goals that I quote unquote want to achieve within 30 years. But to me, I feel like I could wake up tomorrow and the universe could give me it all if that's like what is on my highest good. So how do you kind of discern between like setting dates or timelines and all that stuff? So I used to be of that mind too, of like, okay, I need to like set a goal and an end again, end time and end game and end date. Um, my work in the Akashic Records has kind of showed me that that's not how it works, right? And there's this joke in the Akashic community of like um, people ask me all the time or come to the records all the time 
not just me, any practitioner, and they're going to be like, when will I meet my soulmate? And the records are not going to say in June of 2025. They're going to say when you make up with your sister and clean out your garage. <laughs> like, right? Um, everything that you want, everything that you want, I can say without a doubt from what I've learned in the Akashic Records is on the other side of your healing and like dealing with your shit and loving yourself and finding yourself and living authentically and doing what lights you up. Like if you do the things that you love to do, like a psychic told me seven years ago that I could be a well-paid psychic. And I was like, you're out of your mind. Like you must be a fake. (laughs) And here I am like (laughs) doing this work and essentially being a psychic. I mean, that's not what I call myself. Um, You know, I'm an Akashic Records practitioner, but like I'm doing this work and I'm getting paid for it. And everything that I've ever wanted is here. It's in my hands. And another thing is gratitude. Like if you tell the the universe that you are grateful for what you have even if it is next to nothing, the universe that is that is money exchange for the universe. Like you can't pay for um your dreams, but you can pay for a coffee. But there still has to be an exchange of energy. So I am so grateful for a roof over my head, but I would love my own one bedroom space where I don't have to share it with a roommate right? The universe loved that. So they gave me a two-bedroom space where I could have my own office, right? And guess what? It has a bathtub and it's less than my budget. Like, (laughs) what? But I was so grateful for where I was and what I was receiving that the universe was like, here's a little more because you think you're grateful now? We love it so much. We're going to hype you up. That's that's actually, yeah, that's so cool. I know I've experienced- Yeah, and so that's- Go ahead. Sorry, I was just say that's that's kind of where I am, and I think kind of where you are too. It's it's there really is no timeline because time is a human construct. Um, you, like you said, you can wake up tomorrow and have everything that you've ever wanted, or you can be patient and you can have it in a year, or six months, or whatever, whenever divinely guided. And that's and I think that's where yeah, like that is kind of where I'm at where. You know, I have done plant medicine ceremonies, gone into past trauma in this life, even was granted access to trauma of a past life. Uh, I've, you know, come to reconcile where there's some incongruencies in telling the truth and, you know, money and then, you know, loving myself. The interesting spot where I'm finding myself now, and for anyone that's listening, like, is a little bit down the road, I think. Like, you know, I I think a good majority of people might still be trying to figure out, like, this life and healing stuff from this life. For me, where I'm at um, is wrapped up, I think, in my last ceremony, or not a ceremony, but a hypnotherapy session I did last week, where I, you know, I to myself, I was like, okay, like, I... So it was coming from a place of like unworthiness and feeling like I was unworthy. And, you know, I kind of took that into the hypnotherapy session and it was with regards to specifically finding a significant other, but also with regards to money. And we kind of went through the hypnotherapy session and, you know, you you go into this deep trance like state. Um, You know, she's repeating kind of my words back to me. I'm trying to look for the emotions that are underlying and everything. And 
you know, I'm, I'm open to it all. And I'm kind of just repeating back to her, you know, what I'm feeling. And it just, it just needed acknowledgement was at the end of the day. And to me, I was kind of like, I wasn't pissed off, but I was just kind of like, you know, what the fuck? Like, I didn't really feel like I got a deep answer. And what kind of clicked with me, like maybe an hour or two after the ceremony was that I believed that because I had healed all my, or it was because I didn't have this relationship or I didn't have millions of dollars in my bank account, that there was something that was needed to be healed within me as opposed to no, you're just, you're at where you need to be. You need to just appreciate like kind of what it is. And just because you don't have these things doesn't mean that it's an indication that there's something that needs to be fixed. And so I was like, damn, (laughs) I was like, that's, I guess, good news and not the news I wanted to hear at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to hear what you need to hear, not what you want to (laughs) hear. Yeah. And, and that's true, you know, and also, you know, we can very much put weight on success as it pertains to monetary value, but that is very colonized and very capitalistic of us to do. And if the Akashic Records, if the Ascended Masters and teachers and our ancestors had their way um, and to impart what they know, it's are you happy are you alive? Are you living your purpose? And so many times people come into session and say, um, you know, I want to know about my career. Am I, am I living my purpose? And I'm, and I have to ask them like, do you want to know if your career is right for you? Or do you want to know if you're living your purpose? Because they are not always intertwined. And I've had many different career paths as an entrepreneur that have been very wildly successful and some that have totally failed. And I am very, very fortunate to be able to monetarily support myself through essentially what is my purpose. And I know that that is also ever evolving too, because the more healing that you do, the more lessons that you check off, they're they're never ending, baby. (laughs) Like You're like, okay, there was a point where I was like, all right, I did it. Like I'm where I'm at. I'm like at my peak. Like this is it. Like I just get to enjoy the view from here on out. And they were like, no, honey, <laughs> it's time to start dating. And and I was like, what? No, no, I'm healed. I'm good. And they were like, yeah, but you can't you can't actually heal relationships until you're in a relationship. So you've healed your side of it. But like there's a ton that's going to come up. And I'm like, why would I put myself in that situation? <laughs> and they're like, because you have to. That's that's the job. That's and I'm like, oh, Cool, 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 cool. So, you know, I get into a relationship and I'm like, okay, why is my inner child? I'm I'm acting out. Cool. Awesome. Like I'm acting my inner child is triggered and now I have to go and do work for her. And okay, cool. So my teenager is also now triggered. I gotta go do work for her. Um, while also being a supportive partner. This is fun. <laughs> you know? And it is, it is. It's rewarding because I know that, you know, I'm healing in that. Um but, you know, there I feel like your our healing journey starts with like, a, I don't want to do this. Right. Like I told you, I was terrified to go to Peru and I was terrified of seeing my own darkness and facing that. Um, and now things come up and they're like, OK, like on to the next thing that you've got to heal and work on. And I'm like, OK, like <laughs> buckle up, like 
it's not so terrifying. I mean, it's not like I'm like, all right, can't wait. Like, here's my broom. Yeah. Um, but also like, okay, like I've got the tools. I've got the backup. I know that I'm going to survive whatever it is. And I think that's um, really the beautiful thing to help people get to is like, you know, here's all the different tools you can use. You can use meditation. You can use exercise. You know, you can use inner child healing. You know, there's different types of trauma work. There's hypnosis. There's plant medicine. There's accessing your Akashic records. And I guess at the end of the day, I think that's probably what would be like almost the most beneficial if we're talking at a grand scale to people is like know all the tools that work, you know, don't you know, why are you stuffing your face with Cheetos like to cover up like this dopamine rush? Why are you just diving into your phone 24 seven? You know, why are you, you know, have a porn or, a you know, maybe it's a prostitute, you know, addiction or a gambling addiction. Like you're kind of just covering stuff up. And there's such a wide range of tools at your disposal that we're almost just blind to blind to. And we just don't know to use them or how to use them. Yeah, I think that, you know, right now in life um, on this planet, there are so many tools available, all the things that you just, and that's all aside from conventional talk therapy and all the different types of therapies and 12-step recovery programs, support groups, et cetera, uh, that are out there. Um, And, you know, collectively we are being asked to heal. And I think that the reason that there are so many things out there is because we're not a one size fits all. So what might work for you might not work for me. Um, but we can all come together, share our experiences and find what does work for us. And, you know, I have clients that see me once a week. I have clients that see me every two weeks, you know, in between their own therapy sessions. And, um, this is just another tool that works for people and it has worked for me tremendously, the Akashic records. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just, I love healing. (laughs) I just want everybody to heal because even if you think that there isn't anything to heal, like you said, um, the things that you do indicate the things that need to heal. Like, and people come to the records and say like, well, you know, I'm this or I'm that, I'm not worthy or I'm not this, or, you know, I'm not good enough. And I, and the records will, will have me ask them who said that to you when you were a kid. And then they'll kind of think for a second and be like, Oh, my, my dad used to say that to me. And I'm like, that's interesting. I'm just going to give you a second with that, you know? Um, and a lot of the times, you know, people will come in the records and say like, well, I think I knew that already. And I'm like, yeah, well, now, you know, you're not alone. You know, that's a huge thing that, and if we go back to my hypnotherapy session where, you know, there's like these like mental things. It's like, you know, you're this age, you should have this money, you should have a girlfriend already. And as I was kind of like, you know, bringing these things up in the session, she asked like a very similar question that it's essentially like, who's saying that? And I was like, society. And she was like, okay. And she did a good job of like what you're saying, where you just take a step back and like, you're like, oh shit. Like that wasn't like my thought. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. think that I was not that thought isn't me. It's like, and it, it, it's really amazing how it just gives you that. 
it like gives you that freedom to kind of almost discern your own thoughts and then like where are these other thoughts coming from and i mean i think with like plant medicine and all these things that was a huge insight that i had is like okay what's my thoughts and what are what are societal thoughts or what is an external thought that's being imposed on me yeah yeah um it wasn't until I did plant medicine and I went through this shadow work and this like dark night of the soul that I really found out who I was and I met myself and it took years and I had to apologize to myself. I had to make amends to myself and to all of the past versions of myself from this lifetime and, and others, you know, um, for conforming. And that is a, such a trauma in itself. And it's why people get so caught up in the things that we get caught up in, right? There's like a war happening in Europe right now. Um, that doesn't happen without trauma and without things that are not being healed and things, you know, that are not being looked at. And so um, all of these modalities to healing are available right now because it is critical and essential for us as a collective to find what works for us and to find what we need to heal and to heal it. Um, if we want to survive, to be honest. Sure. And I, you bring up the war and something that that actually really had me realize, which, you know, who knows, maybe that war happening was a lesson for me was to learn like, okay, why is it occurring? And, you know, I don't watch the news. So like, I have no idea what the actual thing is, but I assume that there has to be some level of scarcity that is going through Vlad's head where it's like, maybe he thinks that he doesn't have enough oil, doesn't have enough land, you know, maybe he's still clinging to the USSR mentality. I, I don't know what, but right. But it comes from a place of scarcity. And so what you come to realize is, is you would sit there and think, okay, he has so much power because he's the president of Russia, quote unquote president. <laughs> but in reality, does he actually have power if he's a servant to his own scarcity mentality that's forcing him to carry out these atrocities, let's say, in Ukraine to the Ukrainian people? Yeah, I think you just hit the nail on the head. It's actually his actions are directly um, mirroring his powerlessness as a matter of fact, and the fact that he doesn't have power just because he is the dictator of Russia, he doesn't have power and um, he doesn't like that. And, you know, my friend and astrologer actually like really broke this down on her um, page. It's Evelyn Zool, but um, on her Instagram page where she kind of looked at his chart and like um, what I got in the records and what her chart also um reflected was that like this is also part of the work that he's meant to do in this lifetime and like all he's doing is setting himself up for another really shitty lifetime because <laughs> he's not seeing the work he's not doing the work he's not doing the healing um in fact he's succumbing to it right and um and that's we have choice yeah. that's free will yeah and i and it's amazing you kind of put it out that way because this is something that I then reading journey of souls kind of even started to think about with the likes of Jeffrey Epstein, where, you know, he carried out all these atrocities on, you know, underage girls. And it's very easy to say, Oh, well he quote unquote killed himself. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge killed himself. <laughs> um, and it's like, he got off easy, but 
come to think about it, come to see that the karma, the laws of karma, the way that this universe works is that, you know, he's going to reap what he sows like in his next life. Like he now has to learn what he just carried out on earth. Like he's the next life that he comes into, he's either likely going to be a girl or he's going to have a daughter that is going to go through the same exact thing at, you know, maybe it won't be at that magnitude or, you know, I don't. And so maybe this is an interesting question to get your perspective on is like, you know, the, the amount of girls that that guy, you know, it was terrible. It sounds like it was in the hundreds. Is there like a magnitude shift because he carried it out on a hundred girls that then he needs to face like that same amount of healing? Like, does he have to experience the amount of trauma that hundreds of girls experienced in order to heal that? So a, he probably did experience that trauma in this lifetime. We just don't know about that. Um, He was projecting that. So, and B, you know, you might be right. Maybe he will have a daughter who does that, but whose karma is that? Right. Um, It's going to hurt him, but it's also going to hurt her more. Um, Maybe he comes back as somebody that is abused in that way. Maybe he comes back and he's faced with the same choices. Okay. Right. Um, we don't know. And that's up to him and that's up to his guides and his ascended masters and his ancestors to like go through. They're going to go through a life review and say like, OK, you're going to come back, but you're going to be piss poor and you're going to be damn ugly and you're going to have to be a good person to be loved. Right. Because um, you're not going to have any of these external things. So it's going to be up to you. Then you get to make a choice. Do you want to be a thief? Uh, you know, and do you want to go down the same road in a different meat suit or do you want to make things right and balance out that karma or at least start to, right? Um, Or maybe you come back as anal beads, like that's up to us, so. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Is that possible? Can souls incarnate as... No. I don't think so. so. We should be so lucky. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Oh gosh. <laughs> Cause I had a whole list of questions that came from that. <laughs> uh, I got to apologize to a lot of no. things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. But yeah, it was, it's, I always found that kind of interesting as to kind of that progression of the way that the, you know, you, you reap what you sow. And I always found that fascinating because like whenever parents, have kids and I don't have a kid, so I can't personally speak to it, but it sounds like they always described something happens like where they view the world in a new way as like, there's a future that they have to worry about. And I always found that so fascinating because it's like, well, you know, if, if you take this into account, that karma is real, that you're going to get reincarnated on this earth. It's like, well, you should be using this life to set up your next life to be the best that it could possibly be, because this is something that's going to just keep occurring. So I should just start trying to help as many people as possible because ironically it helps me as myself in the next life as well. Yeah, you're right. One thing I would say to that is start with yourself. When you help yourself, then you're more equipped to help other people. When you heal yourself, you heal other people. When you help other people heal, you heal yourself. So it is definitely a a flow and exchange of energy. Um, And also, 
Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, I don't have children in this lifetime, but I have been a mother many times. Um, it's not part of my process or my purpose in this lifetime. And really, like you said, we should be focused on doing right so that we set up our next lifetime. And I want to go a step further. Um, my own mindset is I want to set up myself for um, eternal rest, right? I want to work in the records. I want to be an ascended master. Like I want to master this shit. I want to not reincarnate again, right? Because like being human, like, yeah, it can be fun, but also like, mm, where the hell did I sign? I want to see this. <laughs> I want to see this contract be because signature. this is bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, somewhere I was tricked. There's some fine print that I did not approve of, and there's no supervisors available. Um, this is bullshit. I'm calling any galactic space. Like, please, like Show me the refuge, please. Like, somebody come and take me. I'm in the fields late at night by myself. Please help. Um, but um, but yeah, you know. If we have children, then we are going to incarnate again. Um, as long as we are attached and we are um, attached to something or attached to anything, whether that be an addiction or a person or a child, et cetera, like we're going to reincarnate again. Um, my goal is to do as much healing as I can, to help as much people as I can or as many people as I can, and to blank out the slate. Right? I don't want to come back again. I want to rest. Like my soul is tired. I've been saying that since I was a kid. I'm like, man, I feel like I'm 80 and people are like you're 12. Shut up. <laughs> and I'm like, but I'm tired, y'all. Um, you know, I want to I think part of my not passing on this, the generational trauma, the ancestral trauma is not having children in this lifetime. Um, my father's line is super messed up. And like knowing the information that I know based on all of the traumas and the issues from my family line, um, I think it would be selfish to bring a child into this world. And that is not to say anything about anybody that wants to have children or has children. Bless you. Do you. You are a saint for being a parent. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Like, in my own way, I'm too selfish to have children, right? Like, I want stamps in my passport and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, money in my bank account. Um, but part of that is also kind of knowing that the best thing that I can do for any of the children that I've had in a past life is to not bring them back, if that makes sense. I mean, you know, fair enough. And speaking as somebody who wants kids, I Took zero offense to <laughs> what you're Good. saying. Thank there. you. I mean, Good. I'm glad. Yeah. But I, I. Good. And, you know. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say by healing and by like handling your shit and doing all of that before you have children, what a gift that you are giving to your future children because you don't get, you don't have to pass all that on to them. You can just let them be them and, um, support them. Yeah. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's something that I need to heal for myself. Like I have a drive to have kids because in a past life I was a dick to my kids, you know, and styled them with trauma. And you want to fix that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah. just for this conversation, I've never thought about that before, but you know, maybe that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's probably the case for a lot of people. It's like they want to redo it. They want to redo it. And you know, you're 
gonna at somehow some way fuck your kids up like we're humans for god's sakes you know well, <laughs> but that could very easily um, be a just, part of the lessons that they need to learn or they signed up for and exactly and it's really it's kind of interesting you say that because um there's this element of unworthiness i have and it's attached to being left out of things when i was a kid and it's it's so funny i laugh out it now whenever it happens but uh there was a situation um, where I went to a music festival two weekends ago and somebody was like, Oh, um, Oh, did you, uh, did you like, so it was, uh, so there's a group of people that I went with and I wasn't really planning to do any drugs. I was kind of just like, Oh, you know, I'm here, I'm here. But if, you know, I get offered whatever. And these, the two people that I went specifically with, um, they were like going to take Molly. And I was like, you know, like if it happens, it happens kind of thing. They're like, all right, well, we have like an extra one here for you if you want it. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, and so then, you know, it gets later into the show and I completely forgot about it at this point and it's getting later. And the one person goes up to me and goes, hey, so did you take your Molly? And I was like, I never got it. You guys never gave me it. And she was like, oh, she goes, I don't know why I said that. And then like the other person that was with us was like, you know, like we, we took, we took it all. Like, you know, we never asked him kind of thing. And she was kind of taken aback. Like, why did I do that? Like, why did I kind of come out of my, go out of my way to like say that? Like, like she already knew the answer before she asked. And I'm sitting there laughing because I'm like, ah, this is that, this is that trauma experience from a kid, like coming back up. And I'm kind of sitting there in my head, like, haha, you, you tried to get me a universe, but <laughs> not this time. <laughs> Yeah, but that's wonderful. Like, that's wonderful. And how healing that is. And that you get to say, like, hey, you get to, like, immediately connect to your inner child and be like, we were not left out. Like, we're vibing. We're thriving. We're fine. Like, I got you. And that inner child didn't have to get triggered by that. And that is, like, how you know that, like, yeah, you're cruising. (laughs) (laughs) Because you feel it. I I felt that immediate, like, jolt. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, that's not what happened. Like, I'm sure they were in their own world. Like, like, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's the, it doesn't matter. What matters is how I feel, how I am, vibing, thriving, chilling. How I react to it. That's like, yeah, that's like what it's all about. Exactly. And you had a great time, right? Oh, yeah. It was sick. So sick. Yeah. I think they left out at all. (laughs) Exactly. I love that. Yeah. It was so cool. So what, um, so how do you kind of like get into the Akashic records? I'm curious, like, is it just a deep meditative state that you're just like, okay, I'm in or how does that work out? So the way that I was taught and the way that I continue to um, access the records is through what's called a pathway prayer. And I actually just launched a mentorship program which um, helps you, I essentially um, lay out the blueprint that I was taught to create my own pathway with. And I am now kind of teaching that to other people. And that is not just to access the Akashic Records, but any realm that you want to work with. So if you're a tarot reader or an astrologer, or you want to connect to the spirit realm or the angelic realm, you just want to talk to your spirit guides to have that everyday kind of advice. If you want to connect to aliens you want to connect to the earth you want to connect to goddesses gods deities like whatever you want to access um i meant like i can mentor you to get there um and the pathway is essentially you know when you call somebody there's a phone number right it's it's an energetic um 
elevator, phone number, right? Stairs, whatever you want to call it. Um, it feels like an elevator to me because I can sort of feel my higher self elevating and going into this space and, um, and it, it creates your boundaries. It, um, it allows me to access the information and sort of get there and it's an invocation. And so that's how I access the records and meditation is obviously like a big part of from my job is that like, I need to kind of clear my mind. I need to allow human Danny to like take a seat for a little while. Um, and it's, it's funny. Um, I don't know if like you've noticed, like I kind of fidget sometimes and I move a lot and I play with my hair and I've been trying to be conscious of it. So I hope it hasn't been too bad, but like I have ADHD and when I'm in a reading, it's like that girl is gone. And so since I've been starting to mentorship, uh, or start since I've started to mentor people, um, I had a, a mentee that was like, well, I have ADHD. Um, and so I worry and I'm like, well, the, you know, this pathway should get you into that plane where you're sort of in that meditative state and you don't have to cater to the millions of thoughts that are kind of going through your brain. And one of my practices is like getting grounded back into the earth space after you practice whatever it is that you're practicing. Um, it's so important for us to come back into our human body, into our physical manifestation. Um, otherwise, we can just be floating around in ethers for the whole day, and that can take a lot of our energy. <laughs> that can really deplete us. And so one of my mentees said, well, how do you know that you're like back into your human body? You know, and I said, well, you know, I'll be outside with the dog and all of a sudden, like all my ADHD thoughts will come on back in. And I'm like, there she is. Hello, <laughs> dishes, drawing, TV show. <laughs> I want to do a puzzle. <laughs> like, and I'll just be like, okay, there she is. Welcome back, Danny. <laughs> like, I'm this like calm, ethereal, like, let's go outside. Let's go. Blah, blah, blah. And then like I'm outside. And I'm just like, <laughs> uh, that's kind of interesting like it's almost like you're able to like separate yourself from a different plane of consciousness almost do you feel like you're yeah. like slowing down your brain waves like you were talking about a pathway is it is it just like this visualization that you kind of go through to get there it's a spoken invocation okay. so i don't necessarily say it out loud um i kind of mumble it out loud but um yeah it's a spoken invocation um, and you know, I saw this study done on this, um, medium where they like hooked up things to his, his, his brain like waves an and whatnot. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was doing a reading and they said like, huh, it's weird. It's almost like he's asleep, but he's very much there. And the way that they were like describing it, I was like, that's how it feels, like, yes, I feel like I'm talking and I'm in control of like my body, but also it's not me in a way, if that makes sense. And so sometimes people will like want to chat after our session. And if I don't have a session afterward, like I'm happy to, but I'll have to say like, let me just get out of the records really quick so that like I'm stopped downloading and I can speak to you from like <laughs> my human self, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like my physical body. And so I'll like get out of the records the same way with a with an invocation that's much shorter. It's just kind of a thank you and goodbye kind of thing. Um, 
And uh, and then I'm like, okay, so like, what was your question about <laughs> about me personally? <laughs> you know, like, um, there's no other like voices around um, or information coming through. So, yeah. So it sounds like it doesn't like take that long. You just kind of, I guess, mumble these words, and then you're in there, and then you mumble some words, and you're out. Yeah, it's it's a few seconds of you know just dialing the the number it's not numbers words but right um i say my invocation and that is you know who i'm accessing where i'm going the akashic records i also like i said i do all of my work from the akashic records so i'll access the spirit realm so people's loved ones do come through in readings when appropriate um but also in that invocation i have my boundaries you know i ask for protection um uh i ask for the kind of messages that I want, how I want them delivered, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's also part of my mentorship program is helping other people come up with their own invocation to work in whatever realm that they want to work with uh, or in safely because people are very interested in this kind of stuff. We all have the ability to access these realms we all have a pineal gland like that's where this is all coming from and the the lines between science and mysticism are not there like there is no science that can debunk mysticism or accessing these realms or this work that we do and so therefore everyone can do it and so i part of my healing and part of my work is now helping other people to access their gifts and the um, invocation or pathway prayer, whatever you want to call it, helps you to get clear about where you want to work and helps you to eliminate any sort of muddling spirits, meddling spirits, um, entities, etc. People will say like, oh, well, I started trying to like dabble in, you know, working with my pendulum. And I think there was like, now I think there's an entity attached to me. And it's like, well, you're just going raw dogging it. Like you're not, you have no protection. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, hello. <laughs> you know, this is like the spiritual condom. Like we all need one. Okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's what I do. I teach people spiritual condoms. <laughs> that should be sign up at my website. That should have been your opening line with your uh, your new now yeah. partner. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, that's too funny. You need to do some rebranding. <laughs> I help you find your spiritual yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't do this work without your spiritual uh, condom. So, so then you, so you have a vocation for yourself. And then is a part of this pathway thing for you to help other people find their vocation that helps them like grant them the most protection and gets them in there safely? Yeah. You know, if you just say like, okay, I want to start astral traveling and you just go into that space and you start astral traveling, like, are you sure that you're going to be able to come back? Because that's some serious work, right? But if you have an invocation beforehand, an intention beforehand, if you take mushrooms and you just go again, raw dogging, like if I take mushrooms, it is very intentional. Like I am like, okay, flowery thoughts, like only good high vibrations, only things come to me that is of my highest good. Like that's exactly what this is. It's an intention of your work. And in that intention, you also have spiritual boundaries and protection 
and you can be confident and safe and come back into your body and have that sort of backup, right? Like, yeah, no, we, we want that. We need that. <laughs> yeah, I'm super interested. I, I mean, this is pure, partly curiosity, partly you plugging yourself. Like, how much is, uh, you know, this this course? And like, I'm interested in more details about it. Awesome. Um, yeah, so it is like a four to five week course. There's an optional fifth session. We do one session a week and it's about one to two hours. They vary. Um, it's a lot of questions and sort of getting uh, I had one mentee be like, this is kind of like therapy. And I'm like, well, we want to right figure out what what you are and what your gifts are and where you want to work and um, help you feel safe in that. And it is right now I have still, I'm still offering it at the introductory price of $444. Um, it's going to go up a hundred dollars in April. So in just a few weeks, but um, yeah, I do offer like scholarships and discounts as well. So if that's ever a thing, like I really want people to be able to access this. Um, and I only take on four mentees, per round so that's about per month um and i am i am full until may so that's not to say that you can't still sign up we will just get you scheduled for a may slot because that's when i think i'll have them down <laughs> i think I'm ah, i can't wait i would love to it would be awesome yeah <laughs> i'm telling you we must be in each other's past in some way shape or form well, it's funny that you said that because earlier when you mentioned it, I did just like grab my deck and um, oh, cool, uh, my past life deck. Okay. And the card that came up was Galactic. So like we've probably um, known e we have known each other in a past life, probably in another planet or another constellation, which is kind of cool. I also the card under that is the High Priestess. So I'm gonna just take that as or priest. Uh, I'm gonna take that as your cue to definitely uh to do dive the into this mentorship program if oh, you want. All right. I'm <laughs> it's feeling calling cold. to you. If that's that. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. And that's interesting that you, I, I, this is another thing we haven't talked about yet on the podcast, but I'm down to, you know, they don't break the podcast virginity of it is aliens and extraterrestrial life and other planets. So just as a warning, this is the first time that we've actually talked about it. So many other people have come on. They're like, I want to talk about it, but it's never come up. Um, and as you're even saying that though, like the idea of a Palladian has always kind of crossed my mind as like that was the star seed thing that first came to me. So I, I don't really know where to start with this conversation. Um, wh what are your thoughts on all of it? It's definitely there. Um, I myself have not accessed a ton of galactic beings. There was um, my astrologer and friend uh, got a reading and wanted some confirmation about her own constellation that she's from. And it did come through that she was Arcturian. And that was something that she kind of knew already, but wanted some confirmation. Um, and uh, I that night was like, I wonder if I could communicate. Like, I wonder if I could channel. And, you know, I'm. I'm of of a space where I was like, I can kind of play a little bit. Um, and so I was like, you know, I did. I don't, I don't even remember what I did, but essentially like, I did connect with what I assume or what I intended was the Arcturians. And I said, hello. And they were like, hello. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and they were like, what do you need from us? And I was like, I, I don't know. I was just seeing like, what's up? I was just seeing what 
if I could, <laughs> if I could. And they were like, okay, well, if that's all, goodbye. And I was like, oh, okay, bye. But cool. And I was just like, okay, so I did that. So I can. Um, but as far as like connecting with like, say, the Galactic Federation of Light or sort of different planets or galactic beings, it's not something that I've like really delved into. I would consider myself a novice at best. Not that I can't. And like in my invocation, I do say that like if there are galactic beings, they are in my invocation. Um, And that is also to say that like I know that I was somewhere on the Sirius cluster. I have like Lemurian courts that I was really drawn to. I know that I was like in Atlantis at one point. So, you know, it's there. That information is definitely there. Um, and I definitely encourage a podcast episode on it. <laughs> but not with me because I don't think I'm the person. Um, but it's no wonder that it uh, is interesting to you because you've definitely had life on other planet. Um, and I'm not in your records now, but, you know. Yeah. The card speaks for itself. So it is what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's, there. but it's definitely accessible for sure. Okay. Well, maybe that's something we're going to have to dive into in the program. Maybe that's my calling is to talk to hey, other aliens. I love it. <laughs> we'll yes, find out in I May. I love it. <laughs> yes, I love well, that. It's also fascinating too, because my dad, without having any knowledge of this stuff and any like in a real, let's say true healing work. He has always gravitated towards the show Ancient Aliens, which I'm not sure how aware you are, but they just dive into like Egyptian culture and, you know, the way aliens basically help the Egyptians essentially form civilization. And, you know, my dad's always like questioning things. He's like, this might be real. Like he thinks it's, you know, you know what I mean? So to me, it's like, you know, after having my healing experiences, then seeing this, I'm like, shit, like, you know, he probably had some level of this on his life as well. and. You know, to me, it's just this may have been both of your past lives like he might have been there with you Um, or there could be a reason that, you know, you incarnated as his son because his interest in it is going to spark that memory for you. Um, well, we're we're both in this episode is going to air when I'm in Egypt, but this is we're both going to Egypt for, um, you know, to see the pyramids and everything, you know, Saturday. So magical. Right. I can't wait for you. You're going to need to let me know how that goes. And yeah, honestly, I would I would say like pay attention to the way that your body feels when you're there because it's going to unlock a lot of answers for you. I believe it. And it's so funny because I think it was last night. It must have been last night or it was the night before. I can't remember. But I had a dream. And this is so crazy. I'm remembering this now. That it was actually like my whole family was kind of sitting around me and I forget what, like, I don't remember exactly what was said, but it was along the lines of like, you will be able to communicate with like other people after this trip to Egypt, like get ready. And I was like, fuck. And now we're over here talking about accessing the Akashic records and that's resonating with me. So, oh shit. (laughs) Ooh, I am I am really looking forward to your j- upcoming journey, Clayton. <laughs> uh, you have to check out the uh, Catch Up with Clayton episodes. I'll be uh, yeah sending those out. Uh, Some yeah, and maybe I think this is probably divine too because I'm you're going to be episode twenty nine, and based on the way everything was playing out, I 
didn't have a 30th episode before I left. And I was like kind of anxious about it because the way I get back, I like the 30, the day I get back would be the release date of the 30th episode. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm not sure what I need to do here, blah, blah, blah. And it kind of came to me that I do like a review of all the episodes. And I think this is kind of divine because to me, it's like, okay, like maybe this is that gateway into talking about aliens and, you know, all this extraterrestrial type nature that's in our third dimensional reality, but they have, you know, let's say a higher consciousness than we do. Yeah, I love that. It sounds like their 30th episode is like a closing of this chapter and then like starting of an of another. Well, here, if you want to get real deep about it, and I looked back through all the episodes and no other episode does this. So my birthday is March 28th. I'll turn 28 and I'll be releasing my 28th episode. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, an Aries. Okay. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> um, and also love that for you. Also, you are aware that you're like going through your Saturn return, right? Or you're about to, and that could be part of this. I don't know what that means. Saturn return. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Um, I'm going to hook you up with my astrologer so you can get a reading. It, your Saturn return is your dark night of, of the soul. It's like you're, you change as a human. Like you literally shift. Like you, I became who I am after my Saturn. Is return. that an age like, thing? Or is that, mm-hmm. is that it happens between the ages of 26 and 30? It's like two or three years between those ages, maybe 27, um, and 30. But okay, when um, I was my partner, go ahead. It was my partner is is going through theirs. Honestly, it's kind of a shit show. Like everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Like it's just like they got to a car accident and then their dog got sick. And then it's just, and I'm always just like, oh, my God, you're sad in return shit. Like I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you're like needing to take a step back. Literally, like I'm just like, oh, handle your shit. Well, it's <laughs> interesting you say that because when I would have been, would I have been 26? I would have been 26. December of 2020 i think yeah so i would have been 26 december of 2020 i had my first plant medicine and and coincidentally i had my first essentially dark night of the soul because the universe was like hey here's all your trauma that you didn't know was trauma and i was like oh like i thought we moved on from that and they're like yeah you moved on from it that's the problem you didn't heal it and i'm like gotcha all right (laughs) yep Yep. 27. Like I felt forced to leave this relationship that was unfulfilling and not working and frankly, covert narcissistic. And like, I just was like, I have nothing. Like, what am I doing? Like there was something that was holding me there and it was comfort and it was security. And it was like, oh, well, oh, well. Um, And then it was like, literally you feel pushed out of your own body to like do things. And they're going to push you to your limits. It's essentially like, how do you want to show up in the world? Like, what kind of actual adult do you want to be? Um, and, you know, I got to say, like, if you play your cards right and you do your shit, like, on the other side of that, like I said, everything that you want is on the other side of your healing. <laughs> Just do it. Oh. <laughs> I'm actually also um, going to come out with, like, an online um, – series. This is like a very new 
uh, seed. It's a seedling. It has not yet come to fruition. But my next project, my next phase is to come out with uh, like a shadow work um, class course, whatever um, that you can just kind of download. It's not something that I'm going to be like working with you directly. But um, there are just so many people that are like, I want to heal and I want to do shadow work and I want to like overcome this stuff, but I don't know where to start. And uh, I think I can help with that. So yeah. I have to consult my records more about it. Yeah. But yeah, it's that's next on my list, hopefully this summer or come fall. But. Maybe this is a good plug for myself because I kind of have this uh, digital course online that it's, what is it labeled? It's like, um, you know, heal trauma to find your life purpose, essentially. And I basically laid out the exact steps that I essentially went through to kind of heal and integrate all this stuff. Um, so if you're listening and you like the journey I'm on, go check it out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's awesome. Yeah. I, go ahead. I was just going to say that I feel like that that information is so useful and powerful because it's kind of capturing people at that spectrum where, you know, they haven't really done any work or they're still like, you know, an element of it is maybe you're like blaming other people or mad at other people for their actions. And it's like, you know, it, it helps you realize that maybe you did something to cause that reaction within the world around you. Yeah. And we're also, we're the keepers of ourselves, right? It's nobody else's business, how you react, how you take things, how you internalize things. That's up to you. And if we can get really in touch with ourselves, really in touch with our all of our past selves. And that's, you know, we place a lot of emphasis on inner child. I try to place emphasis as well on the inner teenager. That's a lot of where our anger comes from. Um, but there are so many past versions of ourselves that, um, that need our attention. And, um, you know, if we can focus on those parts of ourselves, then we can show up full circle authentically, right? And um, and control ourselves without having to blame anything external, not just other people, right? But I can get mad at, you know, my water bottle for not being full, right? Like that's easy, but it's my responsibility to fill the water yeah. bottle. So. <laughs> I think that's a beautiful way to put it. And I mean, I've seen so many situations like that where people get mad at you know certain people or certain things for them occurring and it's like you know just there's an element of like hey what did you do maybe you did something to help it cause that or if it's at a grand scale you know it's like why like there's almost never a need now to really be mad about things because you know even in the situation that we're discussing like like karma is a, a karma is a thing. Like if you feel like someone's not getting punished in this life, it's okay. They're going to get punished in the next. Or, you know, even the word punishment's interesting because it's weird how you define punish. Because, you know, I even came to realize like with the idea of scarcity, where, you know, there's people with scarcity mindsets who literally have nothing. Like maybe they're living on food stamps, or living on the side of the road. But then there's people with scarcity mindsets that have billions of dollars in their bank accounts and they're trying to manipulate the system in every way they can to squeeze the most money out of it. And it's like, at the end of the day, they're not, they're not happy. Like I, like you're in this scarcity mindset. I even have a buddy, I have a buddy who's a lawyer at some car dealership, absolutely hates his job, but he's making a million dollars a year, literally a million dollars a year, but he just hates his job and he's doing it 40 hours a week. And 
to me, it was such a, such an eye opening thing where it's like, okay, well, do I really, like, is that worth selling, <laughs> selling my soul to the devil just so I can say that I'm a millionaire, you know? Yeah. And like, what's a millionaire going to do? What, what, what is being a millionaire going to do for you? Are you helping other people with that money or are you hoarding it like some squirrel hoards nuts and then forgetting about it? Like the squirrel forgets about the nuts, right? Um, if your intention behind something isn't ultimately for the greater good and your highest good, it's never going to be fulfilling. Right. And and that was as if we want to go full circle with my hypnosis thing, like that was something I realized where I was kind of like laying out all these things that I wanted. And, you know, the the big things like on my list right now is money and a relationship. And, you know, I kind of really I think there was a couple other things, but they're material things. And I kind of came to realize I was like, well, you know, like at the end of the day, like as long as I'm living, as long as I'm breathing, as long as I have my ne- basic needs met, you know, food, water, shelter, I guess I don't really care like how much money is in the bank account. I just care about helping people and it would be great to connect with someone on an intimate level. But even that (laughs) here's where it gets weird is even that as I was in the hypnosis, I was like, wait, I don't really like need somebody else to kind of give me love because I can do that on my own very easily. And so it became this very like, Oh shit moment of like, you know, I I'm good. Like it's, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, I would say even if you could like change your language around it of like, I want someone to be intimate with, I want an intimate partner to, I want someone that will help me grow even more. Right. I want someone that is on my level, that is ready to heal their own relationship shit, that is ready to go lotus flower with me through the muddy waters like to bloom right the universe is gonna pick up on that slight change in perspective and be like we love that for you yes especially smack dab in the middle of your Saturn return (laughs) if you I want someone to come into my life that will help me evolve that I can help evolve with um there it is right and look there's nothing wrong with wanting money right? I want money too. Um, But why do you want money, right? I want money so that I can be financially free, so that I can travel, so that I can learn, so that I can deepen my knowledge of the world, so that I can make connections, and so that I can give back, right? Right? Um, Do I want an animal sanctuary one day? That would be great. And if that is in my in my on my path, then I'm going to need a lot of money for that, right? If I want to rescue elephants, like that is not, uh, you know, uh, a cheap endeavor. And so I need a lot of money for that. And if I put the intention behind wanting wealth so that I can share that wealth, not so that I can hoard it, Jeff Bezos, um, so that I can share that wealth, so that I can give back, so that I don't see a neighbor that is struggling because I can help. Um, then I, you know, I believe, and my, it's, I am making good money for the first time in my life, right? And I'm not relying on somebody else and I'm not um, waiting for somebody else to come along, right? Um, but it's getting clear about your intentions and also making your intentions of the highest good for collective and yourself. Yeah, I'm totally on board with that. And, 
to even take that a step further, <clears throat> I realized, uh, like it's almost like the universe will help you out in so many of these like weird little ways with money. Because for me, a huge goal of mine was just to be, to be, and it still is, but I guess I'm pulling it off. It's to be able to live and be wherever I want to be whenever I want to be there. And a huge thing that came up is Egypt, for instance, like it was constantly poking me that I needed to go there. Like I didn't really know where I was going to go next in my life and my travels. Like currently I'm living with my, I'm in my parents' basement and you know, it's like, okay, I want to go travel. Like I have money. I set it aside after my job. Like, where do I want to go? And nothing was like pulling at me. And then people kept saying Egypt, 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 Egypt. I kept hearing it like in conversation just randomly. And I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> I get it, universe. I'm listening. All right, I'm going to Egypt. And so the original plan, just because of mo- monetary constraints and, you know, wanting to use my money in other ways, I was like, all right, like I'm going to go to Egypt for a week, just go to Cairo, see the pyramids. Like the pyramids was the, the main thing that was calling to me. I was like, if I just go see them, we're good. And so I started looking at Airbnbs. And there were so many that you could actually see the physical pyramids from, which was incredible. And it actually, like, I actually started crying when I was like looking at these pictures of the pyramid. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I was like, I was like, all right, I get it. I'm going. <laughs> and so the way this kind of even evolved is as I'm looking at the Airbnbs, like this inkling of something was like, you're not supposed to go alone. Like you're supposed to go with someone else. And I was like, all right. So I thought of people who would fit the description that would want to go to Egypt. And some, I have some friends that live in the country of Georgia. I reached out to them. They were like, nah, if it was any other week, I'd be able to go. Cause I wanted to go for my birthday. And they were like, if it was any other week, I'd be able to go. And I'm like, all right, like, this is kind of weird. Like I thought someone was supposed to go. I started having this thought that like, maybe it was because maybe I was afraid, like maybe I was afraid to go by myself but that didn't make sense to me because I had lived in Brazil by myself for two two months, not knowing anybody, you know, what was Egypt for a week. And so I sit down at the dinner table um, with my mom and dad and I'm like, all right, like I've officially started looking at Airbnbs. I'm going to go this week. It's happening. Like blah, blah, blah. And my dad's messing around his phone, like kind of listening, half listening. And we're like talking. And my mom like looks at me and she goes, I think, you know, somebody who really would want to go to Egypt. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she like looks over at my dad who's messing on his phone and it all clicked all the stuff we talked about earlier with ancient aliens, like his obsession with it. And I was like, Oh shit. I was like, dad, um, do you want to go to Egypt with me? And mind you, I'm thinking like, he's probably going to say no because he was just traveling. Like he just got back from like three different trips. He's been out of town for two or I guess like four weeks now he's just getting back. And he was like, he was like, well, I've got a lot of travel coming up. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to make it happen. And I'm like, taken back. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean you're going to make it happen? Like, this isn't you. <laughs> like, and he starts like, I'm like, uh, okay, like, <laughs> let's do it. And so he's like, he lists like these nine temples and in, in pyramids that he wants to go to see. There's Petra and Jordan. There's, you know, all these temples down through the Nile. And I'm just sitting there like, holy shit. Like, like I'm down to do this. And he's like, you know, cause he owns his own business. And one of the things that he needs to heal himself. And I hope my dad's okay with me saying this. He doesn't listen anyhow, but <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure he's cool at this point. Um, is that he, 
puts too much stress on like work getting done. And he's never really taken time from himself because he's afraid that work won't get done. And so, you know, he owns his own business and he's like, yeah, like I'm down. We're going to make it happen. Let's do it. And so to me, it's like, you know, number one, it's so cool how all this filled out. But what brought us to this conversation was about the money. And like, you know, I was willing to spend, you know, a couple thousand dollars, but now my dad's like, you know, his life dream since he was in college, he's like, no, we're going, I'm taking you. It's your birthday. We're doing this. Like, you know, it, and so to me, it's just like, holy shit, like this will be sick, like sick bonding experience, sick, you know, I can go down the list, but it was just so like, wow. That is incredible. I love that. Thank you for sharing that with me uh, and everybody. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I've had met, I've had people, you know, come to the records and say like, well, I want to take your mentorship, but I don't know if I can afford it. And I'm like, okay, well, if that's what you want to do, put it out there. You will get the money for it. Um, this is for your highest good. It's so that you can continue your healing, so that you can access these gifts. This is like a connection to self. This is good for you. And if it's meant for you, it will come. And like, sure as shit like yesterday one of those people put in her deposit and i'm like get it girl (laughs) (laughs) you know um so yeah it is it's it's wonderful and manifesting is real and and magic is real and i just encourage everybody to like heal and get in touch with that and and find and find what is magic for them because it's just so incredible you know, uh, magic is not just for kids. And I know that like, I was like this little witch, you know, as a kid, like going in the bushes and like making potions and like had no clue what I was actually doing. And I look back now and I'm like, you little witch, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and like my inner child is like, holy shit. Like, I am a witch. Like, look, look, you're doing it. And I'm like, hell yeah, little girl, you are a witch. (laughs) And it's so healing and so fulfilling for my inner kid to just be like, oh my God, she's doing real spells with real herbs. And like, this is so cool. Um, And like, it is, it's real. And what's, what's beautiful about that and what I'm reminding, getting reminded of for my own journey is like being able to look at your journey specifically and see like where you were and like where you are now, like comparing you to you. And this is something I've talked about before. And it's like, you know, I'd get a lot of stress looking at other people's podcasts. And even though they've been doing it for 10 plus years, it's like, I should have it done in 10 months. Like, you know, it's, it's so fascinating to me that so much stress comes from comparing ourselves to other people. And that might be the dark side of social media. But at the end of the day, if you're able to take a step back and compare yourself to you, where you've been, where you're at now, where you're going, it's, gosh, it's so incredible. And it's and your energy in that story just reminded me of that. Yeah, I love that. And it's true. You know, that's the only thing, the only thing you've got is you. Like there's the saying, you know, unless you're like a twin or a part of a pair, like you're, you're born by yourself and you die by yourself and you really got yourself in this lifetime. And if you can be fulfilled with yourself by yourself, all of the rest will come, right? The partner will come, the friends will come, the riches will come, like the experiences will come. Um, all, all you've got, your only job is you. <laughs> and those are all the parts of you. So I'll, I'm going to challenge you a little bit on that, right? Because 
And correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I see that is, you know, how did you phrase it? I want to challenge you on the one phrase you said specifically, oh, you come into this world alone and then you go out alone. But at the end of the day, right, we have our spirit guides with us. We have all this. You have your mom, at least, who you're coming into the world with. I mean, I don't think anybody has been born in a Petri dish dish yet, but (laughs) who knows? Um, So I just I guess I wanted to put that asterisk on that. No, yeah, you know what? You're right. Like I do. I stand corrected. You're right. And it's funny because like if I were in the records right now, they would have probably said the same thing. Like, excuse me, knock, knock. (laughs) You're not alone. What do you mean? Right. I guess I just mean in the sense of like it's up to you to like handle handle your shit, you know, um, be there for your inner child, uh, heal your stuff. Like you have to take the steps. It's your own free will that you have to sort of exercise in that manner. Gotcha. But yes, you're right. We're never alone. Never. All right. <laughs> um, oh, something that's coming to mind about the Akashic records. It does it also, would you be able, so something I'm reading with like journey of souls and stuff is that connection to, uh, like the life between lives idea, you know, the, the journey of the soul between lives, does the Akashic records have knowledge of that? And are you able to access like stuff like that in it? Yeah. So they'll definitely have, um, they have your whole soul's journey, right? So it's not just like your human journey or your meat suit journey. It's like your whole soul's journey. So they will, there will, will be times where they'll say like, well, when you were in your life review last time, like you specifically said that this was something or you specifically signed up with this person who is your daughter in this lifetime, you wanted to kind of switch places and she like took care of you in your last lifetime. And so in this lifetime, you offered to take care of her. And that's, you know, um, that was something that happened in between in the in between space um, in the spirit realm. And so, yeah, that is absolutely something that we can access and and that does come up. And so, and then this brings me to another question. Is there a level of discernment that you've had to learn with regards to like maybe your mom, for instance, like maybe you guys had a past life together in a certain way. You go into the Akashic Records, you learn that, then bringing that back into this 3D reality, like, is there a level of discernment with telling people, oh my gosh, like we did this in our past life or, you know, this happened. Like, is there a level of like needing to hold that back or do you kind of just intrinsically know when you should bring that up? Like, like, what does that all feel like? Yeah. I mean, I guess there's a level of discernment. I mean, my, my mom's really open. She thinks that what I do is really cool. She's, I think that part of like my witchiness comes from her bloodline anyway. Um, I did like a manifestation thing with my mom and my grandmother, um, who come from Romania and my grandma like continuously asks me like, when's the next one? Cause everything that I ask, <laughs> you know, um, and so I'm like, grandma, you don't have to wait until I'm like hosting one. <laughs> you can just do one. Um, but, um, yeah. So like if something came up that I thought was cool that I wanted to share with somebody in my life, it's hardly probably going to be like awkward or weird. Um, but also, you know, the records aren't going to tell us anything that we aren't prepared to hear. So I I think that if it did have to do with somebody else, uh, they might let me know, like, keep this to yourself. They're not ready yet. Right. Yeah, they have that barrier of like, this is for you, but not for them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So cool. Well, I know when we get off this call, I'm going to make my deposit for the uh, the masterclass. I'm down. I'm in. 
Oh, I'm so excited. That is so awesome. Um, I love that. And yeah, um, you know, Clayton, this has been so wonderful. So like, thank you so much for having me. This was just such a great conversation. I think it was great. I'm glad to connect with you uh, in this lifetime. And uh, yeah. more, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you might maybe. Be I'm, I'm hoping to... <laughs> I'm hoping to hitch a ride out this bitch <laughs> for the last time, but you know, if I have to come back, I will do so with as much grace as I can muster. But. <laughs> um, so I, before we get out of here, I usually give the floor to my guests. If you, I'll, I'll grab all your links, throw them down in the show notes, but anything you want to, anything you want to encourage people, anything you want to tell people juice yourself, you know, the floor is yours. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you know, you can find me on social media. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Um, I'm also on Clubhouse. Mostly I'm on Instagram. That's my sort of my main platform. Um, so you can find me there. You can book a reading, an Akashic reading if this strikes strikes for you. Um, and yeah, I just encourage everybody to like find their way to healing and whatever that means to you. Um the Akashic Records are a wonderful place to start, but if that doesn't resonate with you, then don't come. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I look forward to connecting with any and everyone um, who feels uh, like my energy resonates with them. It's beautiful. And that's it at the end of the day. This is just one more tool that you can use to, you know, connect. Well, yeah, Danny West, totally. thank you so much for coming on. It was a beautiful conversation and I'm excited. I'm excited to become an Akashic master. Yeah, I can't wait. That's awesome. <laughs> well, it was nice to meet you. Thank you to everybody that tunes in. Um, and yeah, just send everybody love and light and and strength for that shadow work. I don't call myself a light worker, even though I'm spending love and light. I do. I am totally embrace my shadow side. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the vibe doesn't work. You know? does, doesn't vibe with you. The light worker first. Yeah, I mean, light workers are great. I do like. I think I'm a star seed for sure. But um, you know, I just I I'll throw hands. Like I'm I'll bring the moon water, but I'll bring the machete too. Like don't don't get me wrong. You know, like I am evolving. I am never going to be just evolved. Okay, so. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a beautiful way to to put it. Just keep evolving, right? Yeah. And conscious monkeys, as you know, let's continue to grow together. <laughs>